I mean, if you think about it, like, cuts are like the ultimate fade. It's like a really fast fade. Yeah. I, I bet, I bet it's like, uh, you know how a circle is just like an infinite number of sides? Yeah. A, a cut is just a fade that is the fastest amount of time possible. Yeah. Exactly. Welcome to the show, Ben. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks, Ben. It's great to be here to do the after show for the Giant Bombcast. Yes, I also agree and am glad I'm here. Great. It's good to be here as opposed to anywhere else. And thank you all for watching live here in the chat with us. Today, we're going to take your questions. Gosh, I'm trying to think like, you know, uh, anything you'd want to comment on that came up during the, the podcast itself. Uh, naturally, I feel like, you know, we spent a good chunk of time talking about them microtransactions, them loot crates. We've already got hot discords. Discords. Discord like, lines. Uh, we, need a, we need a good, like, you know, like hot phone lines is a good, like, radio yeah, thing for right. Hot phones, hot phones. We need a good one for Discord. Like, yeah. This Discord's popping. This discourse is popping. Yeah? Yeah, sure. Yeah, great. We love the discourse here. Let's have some with you. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Discord, you can look in the chat. Our account name is there, and this, you can... I'm going to say this is the last week we use this same account because we received a lot of friend requests over the weekend, over the week, which makes me think that the name got out there somewhere. Great, yeah. That was always the plan, is that we would eventually like use these accounts as burners. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, and of course, if you're uh, in the the chat, you can use the ask a question button to uh, ask a question, and we'll take those via text here now with you. Uh, Thomas Crow says, games I should play that will be spoiled in Game of the Year discussions, all of them. Yeah, anything that's story heavy. Anything that's a video game. Anything that you're worried about being spoiled. Yeah, you should probably play. like chances are it'll probably come up at some in some way, uh, but that's not like we don't we can't. I have no idea what will come up. I know what I played. I know what some of the people here played, but I don't know all of it. Uh, so a lot of stuff can come out of left field and, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, strap in, I guess. Um, Let's see here. Uh, someone sent a video of Dino Dogs VR football, which I have not. How's it? I have not seen, but uh, but I'll click on that later for sure. Hmm. Uh, oh, someone just named Rock and Roll just added me on Discord. All right. Um, processor said, oh, no, I'm sorry. What's uh, that scrolled off? Um, Shattering Last asks, uh, my question is, if you had the chance to eliminate any franchise from history, what would it be and why? Bubsy. What kind of things would have happened in its absence? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You could <laughs> you could chop Bubsy out of everything and, and no one would notice. You're probably right. Uh, Salvaden says, how do you feel about the McRib being back? I tend to eat a McRib per uh, revival, though I probably have missed one or two uh, these days. I don't know that I'm I don't know that I'm eating as much fast food as I, I maybe used to, but there was a time when the McRib would return and I would put down three McRibs the first time I encountered them and uh, then maybe go back, you know, for a couple more trips over the course of their, their revisit. You, you a McRib man down there. The only McRib I ever had was remember when, first of all, remember clout. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember Clout. I got a free Windows phone. Okay. From Clout. The only Clout things I ever got were a lot of $5 McDonald's gift cards. Ah, okay. Uh, and they would time them around like the Shamrock Shake or the McRib oh, right, or like yeah. whatever. Be but, like, go get one and then hopefully you'll post about it on the social media. Clout. Yeah. yeah uh, I did. <laughs> I got a McRib. And, and then posted, you wrote about it on the internet? I said, hey, it's all right. It's yeah. like, uh, I, I liked it more than the like McDouble. Sure. Yeah, that's the McRib is kind of gross, but I still never had a Big Mac. But I it's I finally I, I went years and years and years not having a Big Mac and then had one uh and I I've, I've had exactly one Big Mac. And I did not go back for more ever again because really? it's it's like it it traffics in the stuff I don't want on a hamburger, which is toppings. Uh, yeah. Yeah, basically. Any <laughs> toppings at all. I like Thousand Island. I think I I think I'd like a Big Mac. I just don't want to know. Uh, and I, I love the idea of the middle bread. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just, I love it. I love it. The middle bread. The with middle bread. Jeff and Ben. Yeah. Welcome to, welcome to the show, The Middle Bread. You heard our theme song at the top. Uh, all new. We just wrote it. And we're pretty excited about it. We just wrote it, which is really impressive that we got it produced this quickly, too. Yeah, yeah. We wrote it and really knocked it out. Uh, just as soon as the podcast ended, we went in the other room and said, we need a theme song for this show. And then uh, Ben got on the drums and I picked up my guitar and then we recorded. like... Yeah, it was a whole thing. Uh, you know, sometimes inspiration strikes, I guess, right? Uh, let's see. I believe it is Ilfin uh, says, would you play Fantasy Star Online 2 if it came out now, knowing that there's a head slot item for holding a condom packet between your lips? What? Is it, did they add that to PSO2 at some point? Is it Because they they've added a lot of weird items to that game, obviously. You know, that's they do a lot of tie-ins, like free-to-play games in Japan, like just go for it. Um, so it's entirely possible that that's real, but I would rather have, uh, the ability to put a condom, uh, over my eye, uh, and wear glasses oh, like over a, it. Like a, like uh-huh. a left eye. Yeah. Kind of. Over my left eye. Yeah. And, and that, that's where I would do it. That's pretty good. As a PSO2 player. I don't know. I should. No. <laughs> Every so that, that, that happens more often than it should, because I can't unsubscribe from the PSO2 mailing list because it's in uh, Japanese and it's a Japanese captcha. And it, it times out. So by the time I've looked at the CAPTCHA, <laughs> real, figured out how to type those symbols and pasted it in, the CAPTCHA has expired and I can't unsubscribe I from the newsletter. And so I get constant email about PSO2 in Japanese. And every time it comes in, I go, oh, man, I should maybe I should uh, reinstall PSO2 and play some more of that. Oh, that game's not bad. And then I, I fight that off. And, well, now you have a reason to go back. Right. Yeah. No. Mouthful of Jimmy hats. That's what I need. You want to take a call? Yes, I do want to take a call. <laughs> well, I've got good news for you. I can, through the power of the internet, just hit a button and somebody will end up being on the other line. Okay. Hello. Caller, go ahead. Hey. Hello. This is, this is uh, Hayes from uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. All right, Hayes. Let's hear what you have to say. I'm curious about your thoughts on the whole Overwatch League thing that Blizzard's really trying to push right now. So I, I only yeah. saw a little bit of this. Can you explain it a little more in detail? Overwatch is pushing this like real big time, big contract league for Overwatch with with twelve separate teams mm-hmm. to like one. I believe it's like one year guarantee contracts across you know for each team, and they're like I don't know. 
and it's like city based, right? So like the teams are, are have like physical locations. City based, but not region based, if that makes sense. So like you'll see uh, the Philadelphia Fusions, which is the other thing is that all these teams have awesome XFL style names. Yeah. Like the Philly Fusions. That's great. Los Angeles Gladiators. Yeah. Um, but you'll have like they're creating ads for these teams where it's like, hey, this is how we do it in Philly. This is the this is the Philly Fusions. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Capri, this uh, this player from Seoul, which is like cool, <laughs> but it's like weird. Well, did they you make know? him? Did they make that player move to Philly? Like that's the thing, right? Uh, yes, because, yeah. So each team, oh, you ha- there's a mandatory uh, player house for each team that, like, you have you know, stay there, practice, do all that jazz. Okay, then then I and, don't have a problem with it, right? Because if you think about it, any no, no, it makes, most, yeah. most sports are the same way. We're like, you know, they trade players from wherever, and then it's like, well, now you play all your home games in Anaheim. Bummer, but all right. <laughs> um, so th- that's that seems reasonable, I guess. It is ridiculous but i i think that's that's one of the things that esports misses from regular sports is that that regionality like you yeah. you see some of it but i sure. i think what you see in a lot of cases of like the nationalism that you see around it like i just it always rubs me the wrong way when you just got like oh yeah that's and I mean, you've heard even just commentators talk about it behind the scenes a little bit not necessarily out there but you know i remember there being some cases where like an rts or something like you know, it's really dominated uh, by Koreans, and you know the thing that's keeping it from breaking through in the states is just there aren't any enough American players in the top eight, or and and and, and talking about stuff that way, which I uh, always feels a little gross. It also gets weird uh, with like a game like Dota, where Team Liquid is a North American organization. Yeah, uh, all the players are European, mm-hmm. but people still call it like an NA team, or even like. EG, which is the most American like Dota team out there, only three of the players are U.S. citizens, and what like one of them lives in Canada and one of them's from one of them's Dutch, I think. So it yeah. gets weird. Like people are like, "Oh yeah, USA, USA," and it's just like, well, yeah, kinda, yeah. It's it's a weird, yeah. That's that stuff always always really rubs me the wrong way, I guess. But uh, I think that their approach seems serious in a way that. A lot of other esports don't to me, and I think that's totally yeah. Like having team names that are just like, hey, this is the name of the team. We didn't go out and sell the rights to name our team to Nexon, Qualcomm, you know, yeah. like whoever. Yeah, uh, and and because I think that stuff cheapens it. And it's not like esports teams. Like it's it's not like Liquid. Yeah, or, yeah it's not like these like people yeah. advertising. Yeah, right. See, Cloud Nine. I'm looking at about the Boston Uprising. T- uh, which is one of the teams. So the Boston Uprising is funded name. by uh, Kraft and the Patriots, the Great. football team. Yeah, Patriots also a bad. Name. Yeah. The crazy thing to me is just all the investment that's going to this. Like you see players yeah, getting snatched, like getting snatched up for like one hundred fifty thousand dollar contracts. Like that seems crazy. Yeah. And every contract is fifty thousand minimum, and they bought out a Burbank studio, uh, yeah. you know, building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, host this all in. Like it's insane. Yeah, it's it's really wild, but I think that like this is this is the thing that I think a lot of people have been waiting for in a lot of cases of like, hey, let's yeah. let's see someone take it as far as it can go in a in a way that is serious and in a way that seems real. I think that's my biggest problem with esports has been like the way the sponsorship infiltrates it and 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 lives at every edge of it makes it feel it feels like it's going to burst at any exactly. moment. Exactly, it, it feels yes. weak. It feels like something that is on the verge of collapse. It feels like. It feels like a scam. It feels like scam money. It feels like players being taken advantage of and stuff like that. So, you know, hopefully these guaranteed contracts for players are fair to them. 
uh, and and lets them kind of earn a living doing this thing for as long as people decide that's something that people should be allowed to earn a living at. Like I still, in the back of my brain, there is still something that says this is all going to go away uh, mm-hmm. as soon as these games kind of dry up just the littlest bit. You're just going to see poof, like just all of it go. I don't know. I- there's actually, I think, uh, kind of a big scare in other esports circles, like uh, Ultra David, who's a pretty prominent uh, fighting game guy, yeah. who knows a thing or two about things too. He is saying that, like, man, I hope this breaks big because if it doesn't, it's going to scare a lot of investors totally. away yeah. real fast, yeah. real, real fast. Like, if all of all these people just end up losing like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like, you know, some people might might not take a second look. Yeah, and and you know, they're bringing in, they're, they'll be able to bring in sponsors that exist outside of the norm for esports sponsors you know like i still totally. think of it as like hey we make a really good mouse pad yeah or a sick ass energy drink or, or like or, graphics cards yeah, yeah and stuff like that you know like if they can bring in more mainstream sponsors this is something that I, I think about a lot in terms of podcasts honestly like uh you know you hear a lot of ads for similar types of products and similar companies across a lot of podcasts right like that needs to continue to widen so the the people that are out there selling podcast ads that are like approaching new accounts and getting like Ford to come in and and spend a little bit of money on podcasts, even if they don't come back, like it still shows like, hey, you know, this, this is a big space, like more advertisers should get involved and it should continue to mature. And I think esports is kind of in the same boat, like like hopefully they get that big money in and it works out because yeah, then they get to keep doing it. I think Ultra David is exactly right. Like the sponsors will get scared away if this stuff breaks bad. And I think that's something you saw with like... um was like some of the um some of the stuff that capcom was doing that i had a, like players acting real bad on streams and oh stuff. my like, god are you talking about um, the cross the, house or whatever the, the cross second house yeah. oh my god like that stuff you know like that stuff just you know you show that to a potential sponsor and granted you know the the fighting game community and, and their desire for sponsorship and stuff like that you know was, was in a very different place back then um but that's the sort of stuff that like you know no advertiser wants to be next to that stuff so it scares yeah. everyone away from it and makes it harder to just to do business. Um, so that's, you know, if you want to continue to see it growing and stuff like that, like it has to kind of continue to widen and these sponsors have to get bigger and, and, and more interested. I think everyone is interested in esports. Like even the big mainstream sponsors have heard of it now and they're like, what's this esports thing? We, we want to put our brand next to that. What can you offer us that is esports related? And, and, but they don't know what any of that means. Uh, yet they're getting there, but and I wonder if when they do get there, they're like, "Oh, we've been wasting our money. This is a terrible idea." Um, but yeah, it it's just a it's a fascinating thing to watch grow. But I think yeah, it, the podcast space reminds me of a lot of that stuff uh, in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of uh, the just kind of internet ads and sponsors and stuff like that is is in a, a similar boat from a different angle too. The one thing I'm not like super clear on is also like how they're like casting this like. Is this not? Do you do this over Twitch? Like with something this big money, you think you'd want to put this on mainstream TV on like maybe not ESPN, but like something adjacent? Yeah, you know, like ESPN three. They do all their, sure. all their college stuff or something like that. I think Evo was yeah. on two, right? Or was Evo? Yeah, it's like that, finals. Evo was on one. two, but that was also like the finals. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If, if the biggest esports thing or one of the biggest esports thing only gets to two, then how do you cover a season of play? Uh, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I think right. presenting it on television is really hard too because you know it's. I, I think you're. It can be a tough sell, or or the commentary has to be so wildly different. I think that was the interesting thing about some of the international stuff where they were like, "Hey, here's our stream for people that have no fucking idea what Dota is," um, which they didn't do. Did they not do that this year? 
Uh, they did. Oh, they did. Okay, and, right. and it was nice because it was the same exact stream with the same commentators and stuff, but there were like pop-up video style. That was the difference. Pop-ups. Okay. That in, in previous years, stuff. they had separate commentary. Yeah, right? and people didn't like that as okay. much because I mean, some people were like, "Oh, I don't want to feel pandered to." What, what, it could be like helpful yeah. for somebody who's brand new, but like if you were kind of new and and like knew half of it, it wasn't useful at all. Right. Yeah, like made, if you played League sense. or something, right? Okay, you knew the yeah. concept of pushing towers. Uh, thank you for calling. Yeah, thanks for your call, Hayes. Thank you for taking me. Uh, I I want to hear about. There's another. There's another esports question. We can take this one real quick. The esports hour. I, I'm really curious about this. Um, so I'm just gonna hope. Direct TV has a, or I'm sorry, a, a, a satellite radio. Um, Sirius. They they have a show on one of their sports channels that is an esports really? show. Huh. I think IGN produces it. Oh, weird. Yeah. Hello, caller. Are you on the phone? Hello. Hi. Hello. What's your name? Where are you Hi. calling from? I'm Jonas. I'm calling from Finland. Hello. What's on What's on your mind, Jonas? Uh yeah. I was messaging about the esports thing uh here in finland we have a mandatory military service six to six months to a year and uh something interesting happened just a couple of weeks ago where they accepted uh esports as a hobby or a profession to Mm -hmm. be a part in your military service so you don't have to be in the army as much so you can kind of if you're if you're an esports player at or above a certain level that would kind of count as yeah. your as your national service. Yeah, yeah, or, that's really I mean, interesting. Yeah, like you would you wouldn't have to spend as much time at the barracks, or yeah. you could skip some training or weekends. Yeah, and stuff. It's because the Finland they they know that the future the future of cyber war is going to be fought <laughs> right. By really good league players. Yeah. Uh, that type of <laughs> command and control interface is just, you know, you just, if you know that, you'll be fine. What other professions do you, do you know of, of other ones? I imagine it's, I, I would imagine a lot of them are like things that Finland views as being good, a good representation I mean, of Finland abroad. It's the, the funny thing is like, uh, this was before, this was for like physical sports, like hockey, ice hockey, and football professionals. But like, uh, now they've also accepted the uh, nerd sports yeah. as part of this. <laughs> so like chess? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well uh, I think golf was before this the most okay. like no, non-physical sport yeah. that was there. Bowlers are going to ask for it next. Poker players are going uh, to try to get bowlers it. Bowlers have been there. Bowlers have been there? Poker okay, players, all right, well, there I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's, that's a fascinating development. Yeah, it's... It's interesting, like the yeah, the mandatory service stuff. I I I would imagine if if I were Finland, it would be stuff like uh, like sports, but also things that are like of a of like promoting Finland abroad. So like if you were a celebrity, if you were you know um, <laughs> if you were a musician and you know you you performed around and you were and they were like, hey, you're it's good for Finland that you're out there yeah. doing this. So you keep doing that. That's better national <laughs> service than you reporting to the barracks and and learning how to run with a rifle over your head or whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, I myself, I'm studying journalism, so I got to complete my service as a journalist in the magazine that's published oh. by the military. That's that's cool. Was so, it? like, there are those kind of ways. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I imagine they, they must have all sorts of things that, that are probably, like, for the common good that they look at as, as yeah. being like, oh, this is, this is kind of part of your, you, you earn some, at least partial credit for that. 
That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I think it's like interesting that it's getting accepted in the society in yeah. the broader sense. Because, you know, we're next to Russia, so it's a very like cultural thing for us, the military. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and for young males especially. So mm-hmm. it's it's like kind of strange that the esports is gaining a foothold this way. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see if that develops. I mean, if, if that leads to more people in Finland being interested in esports as like, oh, well, this, this is another way for me to kind of do this stuff. Um, or, or it's more accepted now, so maybe it's a more yeah. viable avenue for me to, you know, live my life or something like that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Thanks for and your call. It'll be that's, interesting uh, how the guys in the army take it because they're like grounded old men. Oh, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there might be a conflict of interests or, you know, a clash of cultures there. It's Clash of Clans, I believe, is the name of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going pro. Yeah, going pro, Clash yeah. of Clans. Finland, uh, Finland's biggest Clash of Clans clan. That's General yeah. Clan King 69 to you, private. <laughs> yeah. Thanks yeah. for your call. Hey, Supercell is our biggest taxpayer. So right. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So they, what they say goes. All right. Thanks a lot yeah. for your call. That's cool. All right. No problem. Yeah. Bye. Crazy, crazy. Um, the Dantron uh, Lizotho writes and says, for the leaks that purported to get leaked on Reddit, etc., are they ever found out? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Um, sometimes people that leak stuff get tracked down. Um, but a lot of times, no. There, there was a big uh, leaker in the Netrunner, in the Android Netrunner community. Uh, well, there, there was a few, uh, but there was a notorious one where they were trying to stop the leaker and they eventually sent out identical cards with different names yep. to a few people yeah. and that's how they got them they they cuz like the list leaked mm. with a certain name and then suddenly that person was not leaking anymore right yeah uh yeah that that's that's one way to do it for sure is to to kind of differentiate the information and start to narrow it down um that's something i always wondered if like they did that in wrestling uh because like there's so many leaks in wrestling like just last night like or just yesterday everyone or you know a site that is usually pretty right on uh was reporting like oh this wrestler that has been out for a while she is returning to the ring tonight and then suddenly like a few hours later they reported this has changed and so you start to wonder like with leaks like how many times do people in positions to change things that have leaked change them and how many times are leakers wrong and all this other stuff. Yeah. It's a real mindfuck when you really start to, to spend a ton of time thinking about it. Um, and yeah, you wonder how much of that is done to try to ferret out sources and, and, and try to, to figure out who's doing this sort of stuff. When we got leaked some stuff about the PlayStation Pro, you start to wonder like, you know, oh, should we post these documents? And you're like, oh, actually, no, we probably shouldn't post these documents verbatim. Uh, for a lot of reasons, really, but also like, are, are these watermarks in some way that are going to reveal the source of this information? Right. Are these, you know, so just as a general part of like protecting a source as a journalist, you kind of have to look at it and go like, okay, we we should take you know the right steps to make sure that we're not being careless with with this person's identity uh, and and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah, you got anything down there? I do. Let's take a call about everyone's favorite topic. And that's Nintendo-themed anime. Finally. Hello. Hi there. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm Bryn from the UK. Hello. Uh, long-time listener. First time caller. Hello. Yes, good to hear um, from you. 
Wait, so no, you've called before. No, Bryn's never called before. No, I've never called before. Wait a second. Bryn's okay, brand, go ahead. Bryn's brand new. What's on your mind? Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure you guys knew about the best Mario movie, uh, which is the original one from 1986. Um, it's an utterly, utterly bizarre thing uh, that Mary speaks a lot in, is the reason I, I thought about it when you were talking about the Mario movie earlier. Yeah. And this is, it, um, this came out of Japan, right? Like this is like full yeah, on... It's, it's based on the original Super Mario Bros. release because it came out, like I said, in 86, so it's yeah. really early. Um, but... So there's a bunch of really strange differences from the sort of Mario that we know now that mm-hmm. makes it really fun to sort of go back to. Uh, notably, Mario and Luigi. Luigi dresses in blue and yellow, by the way, for some reason. Whoa. Disgusting. Um, they work in a grocery store. Okay. All right. And I'd buy that. they meet Princess Peach because they, she climbs out of Mario's TV when he's playing on his NES. That Okay, wait. What is he playing on his NES? It, look, it looks vaguely like Mario, but I'm not really sure. Like, how is that? Okay, wait a minute. So they, he's playing a game about himself, and then... Yeah, I, I, I might be remembering wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is Mario he's playing, so I don't know. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I, so, I, hmm, does, and I imagine this is the sort of thing that does not see a ton of re-releases. Like, this is probably something that is relatively buried these days, right? I, f- I think you can guess on DVD. I don't think okay. it's out on anything else, we need, though. To, we need to find that. Yeah, I need to see that. Uh, it, it is all on YouTube, if you wanted to watch oh, that. Okay. Okay. I, great. I don't, I don't know if there's a subtitled version on there. That might be a bit more of a hunt. Hmm, yeah. We can make up our own subtitles. I'll just dub it. I'll just do, we'll just do my own dub. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. It's a me. I mean, you've already proven that you have the voice down. Exactly. I'm the next Charles Martinet. That's what the, that's what the t-shirt says. That's awesome. I, I will at least look that up and, and watch it in the original, uh, if not seek out subs or dubs. I'll take either. I'm not picky. Thank you for your call. Thank you for taking it. Yeah. When I'm sending messages in Discord, they're, they're red now. I don't know what that means. That means they haven't sent yet. Why is that? I think. Weird. Uh, sometimes you run into like a little bit of server backlog and, and a message might get caught in a queue. Yep. I fixed it, guys. Joy, joyuse, joyuse, juice. Uh, says, with the talk of Game of the Year early access rules changing, I was wondering if you'd consider changing the cutoff date. Last year, The Last Guardian and Let It Die came out during Game of the Year stuff, which led to people having very little to no time to play them. Um, I think no matter what you pick for this stuff, you end up leaving something out. You know, like the whether if you're if you're saying, "Oh, we're cutting off as of Thanksgiving, and anything after that has to be considered the next year." You know, you you miss out on some moments and and you know the the time and the place of a game. I, I feel like we're generally pretty good about looking at a full year when we do consider game of the year but it's tough right because like from a production standpoint you want to release this stuff uh asap right you want to yeah. you want to you want to time it so that it releases at the beginning of the end of the year yeah uh it takes a long time to shoot to produce mm-hmm. to just like wrap and all of that stuff so like you know realistically you're starting in november for your game of the year considerations right. Um, but there's just like no other way around it unless 
everyone in video games just came to a collective agreement that you ran Game of the Year stuff in January right. for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. But like, and we, I mean, our, our date was always picked for uh, just the purposes of having something that goes up in this week that we're not in the office. Yeah, that's yeah, that's another that's another yeah. and, great and it's that, like holiday. Yeah, uh, there's no real reason it has to be there. If we pushed it to January or something like that, it, the production process would probably actually be a lot easier. Um, and I mean, I, I, as a, as a giant bomb consumer in the past loved having like these long podcasts that I can listen to on the drives to family. Yeah. Like, you know, I, th- there's a lot of time you're spending traveling or like, that was the thing I always felt like good about having it. There was that idea of like, man, if I was stuck with my family, I would sure be looking for something to do. Mm-hmm. And the numbers on our game of the year stuff are never like astronomically higher. It's, it's, you know, it's always like you always wonder like, oh, would they be bigger if we put them out at some other time of the year as opposed to putting them out during this week when people just might not be near a computer? Um, but they've done fine. So and, and it fills that gap. And, and I do like the idea of having stuff out that week for people that are just like, man, my family is the worst. My family is hot garbage. If only I had. 20 hours of podcasts to disappear into <laughs> yep um so yeah that, that's always felt good to me another good point in the chat is it can help with like christmas shopping uh you know getting mm. those game of the year lists out there in like the at a glance top 10 games thing can help you know oh my sure. friend's interested in video games what yeah. Are they gonna buy? yeah yeah um yeah then we would have to release it earlier i guess i don't know uh, we we're out we're close. out just after christmas yeah, but like yeah. buzz starts around enough. Like, sure, yeah. There's enough talk uh, about stuff for sure. Um, yeah, but I think no matter where you put it, you're gonna lead to end up in situations. You know, in years past, like uh, publishers have been, um, you know, when when they have a game coming out late December, and you're like, hey, that doesn't work with our production schedule. Like, you know, it was very easy for us to get like a pretty early copy of like I think like Final Fantasy X came out very late that year. Um, and you know, it's so it, it, you can, you can usually kind of say, make the case of like, Hey, if you want us to cover this thing, like it kind of needs to be here now or else you're going to ship it to no one or, you know, or at least you're going to ship it here and we're not going to be here to even cover it, uh, let alone consider it for awards or, or whatever. So, uh, things are different now with, you know, some of the, the other ways games get previewed and, and preview builds of games are not available the same way they used to be. So, but at the same time, in in some ways, they're way more available. Um, so it's it's a little different now. It's a little weird, but um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking uh, of yeah, speaking of yeah, do you want to take another call? Yes, Discord's being weird. Let's talk about Deck Splash real quick. Then I forgot to bring it up on the podcast. All right, what's that? Oh, right. <laughs> What a crazy Whoops. thing. So they were uh, Bossa Studios, the the company that put out I Am Bread, uh, had a free week for their upcoming game called Deck Splash, which is a skateboarding game uh, with kind of a Splatoon twist on it where, like Tony Hawk Graffiti, um, you're, you're, you were playing as an empty skateboard and you would jump in the air and flip it around like rumble racing uh, or NASCAR rumble and land tricks and stuff like that and grind and, and do all this stuff. Like the, the mechanics of the movement were really neat, uh, but it kind of filtered into a three on three thing. Anyway, they, they held a, a free week uh, pre-release, you know, all this other stuff, just like, Hey, play our game for a week. But then it came with this caveat of like, if we don't get a hundred thousand people downloading this game and playing it during this week, we are going to cancel it because it's a multiplayer focused game. And if we can't establish 
a viable player base. There's no point in us wasting our time on development. And I go like, oh, okay, that, that all makes a lot of sense, except for the part where they did it last week when every single game in the world had just come out. Yeah. Uh, so the very idea of like, I'm going to dig into steam and try to find this game. That's not like well promoted. Uh, and Oh wait, deck splash. Where is it? Um, it seems like it would be very easy for a game to just get forgotten in the wake of, you know, all these big releases and, you know, not to say that like the players of deck splash are the same as the players of call of duty or whatever, but you know, at the same time, that's like, it's post Mario, it's post Wolfenstein. Like it just seems like a terrible time of the year to try to call attention to your game. And maybe they accounted for that in the numbers where they were like, oh, well, you know, if we can't get 100,000 people in a busy time, then why are we doing this? And maybe that was their whole goal. But right. they didn't hit the goal. The game got canceled. It was neat. I don't know that I would have necessarily played a ton of it unless they fleshed it out a whole lot. But like the basic mechanics and movement were pretty good. But they can't. Yeah. I don't know. They, they were like getting ready to yeah. play it and i was just and then i walked yeah, like in the I was, room i was gonna play it on the show on friday because i played it a little bit earlier in the week and i was like oh friday's the last day like maybe you know we'll check this thing out and you know who knows how it'll go one way or the other see someone uh, in the chat here said they got 50k yeah yeah they they got about half that halfway Thanks. there um and yeah that sounds about right i don't know like coming up with a multiplayer only game on steam seems really rough even ones that you're like oh this is actually seems like it's neat and doing something different like how do you attract that player base? So maybe at some point they're like, hey, how do we attract that player base? We don't know. So we're going to make something else. So maybe that's the maybe that's the best move for them. But it's sad in a way because it seemed like a neat idea. All right. Let's try taking a call from our next caller. Hey, the button worked this time. Hey, the button worked this time. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Caller, go oh. ahead. Hello. Hi. Hey, uh, I'm Bart from Toronto. Hey, Bart. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, with the recent news about uh, you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Injustice and Noctis and Tekken Seven, I just wanted to ask: like, what are some of your favorite fighting game guest characters? Your least favorites, and the ones that made you just go like, Wait. like the ones that just made you go like, okay, I don't really get this. Hmm. Um, so I'll start. Um, like, I think uh, one of the the best one is Link in Soul Calibur Two. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, uh, that's probably a pretty good. Yeah, one. All, all the yeah. Soul Calibur two ones were cool. You had Link, yeah, Heihachi, right? Yeah, and you had Spawn. Spawn. Yeah, Necro. they're okay. all cool. Two out of the three of them were cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, th- those. I don't know. The Soul Calibur guest characters always kind of rub me the wrong way. I don't know. There's something about it. What? But it's just. I thought the Star Wars ones sucked. Yeah, but other than that, I liked them. Yeah, of course, Unleashed Guy was in four. Right. Yeah. And Yoda. Um, yeah, Vader. Yoda. Um, I always liked it when they would just put Mortal Kombat characters into the Injustice games or, or stuff like that because I just would rather play a Scorpion most of the time uh, <laughs> than, than most of those DC characters. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I always thought that the guest characters in Smash Brothers, um, if you were to count that as a fighting game, which for, for the sake of this one question, we will... Um, I always thought it was cool how well they integrated those characters and what those characters meant into the game, you know, like the way solid yeah. snakes specials and, you know, the, the codec conversations and, and stuff like that. I always thought were really neat. 
Um, Do you remember when Master yeah, Chief was um, in Dead or Alive 4? It, it wasn't Master Chief, though. <laughs> oh, right. So it, it, was, was, it was Nicole. Okay. Sorry. It's like a different Spartan's name. It was like a different Spartan. Uh, yes. But that was cool. They put a Spartan into DOA. That was, that was kind of neat. Um, Earthworm Jim and Clay Fighter I liked a lot. Oof. There's nothing good about Clay. I, uh, I thought you were going to say there's nothing good about Earthworm Jim. And then... That'd be trouble. That's a harder. That's a harder conversation to have. But I think I might be approaching a point where I'm ready to have that conversation as well. I don't know what the last time you went back. Oh, the Killer Instinct ones, like Rash. Oh Arbiter. yeah, the the Arbiter and Battletoads. I don't know. I Ram or Rom. Uh, yeah, yeah, General General Rom. Ram. Yeah, Rom. I think. Uh, those didn't really do it for me. I don't know. Those seemed like good announcements at the time, but when the characters came out, it, it they never really. Uh, they never really clicked really well for me, but I, I'm I'm just not a Battletoads fan. So at least they did that instead of just making a new Battletoads game because that yeah. that was the rumor for a while that there was discussion, or it sounds like that there was on the table at one point a Battletoads like reboot or or sequel or something like that, which just is a terrible idea. So uh, I've got a list open here of, of Warner Brothers franchises. I'm thinking like what other. How out there could they get with uh, yeah with uh, injustice, mm-hmm. right? Because like if they theoretically have have access to more Warner Brothers properties, how about Osmosis Jones or Police Academy? <laughs> All right, you get Michael Winslow. Yeah, put uh, yeah Michael Winslow and Steve Gutenberg are a tag team. You uh, got Lethal Weapon, Mad Max, all the Looney Tunes. Yeah, was there a Looney Tunes fighting game? You know, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, All right, Bart. Thanks for your call. We're going to look into this. What about uh, the car? What, okay, remember that weird fighting game in Matrix? That Matrix game? Oh, yeah. And then you could play as a police car? Right. I think that's my favorite cameo in fighting games. Yeah. A cop car. Uh, Loons the Fight for Fame for Xbox is a cell-shaded fighting game from Warthog Games. Uh, it's got Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Sylvester, Tasmanian Devil, Rocky and Muggsy, and Yosemite Sam. And uh, GameSpot.com gave it a 4.4. Yikes. Uh, man, I really want to see this fucking game now. I I need to look... I'm sorry. I, I hate to derail, but I just no, need please. to look up a video of this game. What's it called? Loons, The Fight for Fame. I'm going to play a little clip here for the f- yeah. everyone out there. It's about looning. Oh, this looks worse than normal. And normal's not too... Oh, this looks like, oh, uh, like, a, Shrek, like a... yeah. Shrek's fairy tale yeah. slam. That's why I don't remember it, because it's not a proper fighting game. Do you know like, about it's the... It's like a power stone. Do you know about the Shrek super slam community? Yes. Shrekboards.com. Yeah. It's a... It's yeah, ban red, ban red Riding Hood. She's too OP. No, it's, play the game is the game. They made the game. If you accept, they had no the, idea what they were doing when ex- they put writing. If in you the, accept that the game is divine, then who are you to suggest the changes? Um, I want to take another call. Let's do it because this person piqued my interest because they said they were going to talk about a game. Weird. That okay is very near and dear to my. And probably you also. Okay. All right. Caller. Hello. 
Go ahead. Hello. Hi. What's your name? Where are you at? Jeff, what's up, my man? Hey. My name is... How you doing, man? Doing good. Doing real good. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. I'm yeah. glad to hear it. Uh, my name is Alan Harold. I am in uh, Gig Harbor, Washington. Awesome. And I am calling about Lucky and Wild. There you go. A game, a game that I have heard you mention before. Yeah. Which is remarkable to me. <laughs> uh, because... I don't really know of anyone else who, who has spoken of this game. Uh, but I remember it from my youth, uh, specifically, uh, it was, it was in Escandia, uh, I think in like North of Vallejo, uh, yeah. You may be familiar. Yeah, yeah, there there was the Scandia in it's in like Sui, it's in well there's one in Sassoon City. Oh yeah. That's the one that's kind of near Vallejo, nearer to Vallejo, but also yeah, was, in Runner Park is the other Scandia. Oh. Right. In in any case, uh one of these Scandias had a Lucky and Wild in yep. it, and that's where I used to play that game. The murder the murder park Scandia definitely had a Lucky and Wild. That was my childhood <laughs> yeah. arcade. Yeah. That was the one I went <laughs> that, to. That sounds like the one I was going to too. It was a it was a dank place, you know. You didn't want to be Indeed. there too long. Uh, but uh but so anyway, Lucky and Wild was uh in there and I would play that game and I, I would play that game way more than I think anyone should have played Lucky and Wild. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I played that game as much as I did. And I kind of just wanted to chat with you and, and figure out, like, what do you think was the draw of that game that made, like, the idea of it that was so appealing that was just like, oh, my God, this sounds badass. It's and a, then you play yeah. it and you're like, eh. It's a fucking crazy concept, yeah. man. It's, it's you know, <laughs> asynchronous co-op. Dri- yeah, asynchronous co-op, shooting and driving. Like that's like the cop experience, the the high speed car Oops. chase. You shooting out the window, or shooting through the window, I guess in this case. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like like chasing people down, like that. It it was it was cool. It was a driving game where you had a passenger seat, which is a weird idea. <laughs> and then you you would invariably like if you were playing with two people, you would just like have the passenger seat take both guns. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. No, yeah. in fact, if I remember correctly, I think there was three guns. I think it was two for the passenger and one for the no, driver. I got to look that up. No. I, don't, I don't think that's. I don't. I don't think I'm that's right. Sure. You're on drugs. I'm pretty sure you guys. Uh, was it? Oh, no, wait. You know what? You might be right. Actually, <laughs> like, about um, the drugs part. Yeah. No, 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 no. Specifically about the uh, the two guns. Maybe I think what Jeff is saying is correct. Like the passenger just does both guns, um, but. But um, do you ever play? I think it was supposed to be like one because if you if you play it alone, you need to shoot and drive. Yeah. So I think the idea was like one player would shoot and drive, right. and the other person would just shoot. But you right. you're always just like, no, dude, you take both yeah. guns. I'll focus on driving. Exactly. You gun it this fucker like down. The, seemed like player two was getting the short end of the stick there anyway, right? Like either, you had to hook him up. Yeah. Either of you play that Starsky and Hutch game? The one that came to no, consoles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it was it wasn't it came to consoles. Uh, it, it was it was a same similar idea. If you played two player, you could have one person. If you played one player, it would kind of the reticle would auto lock on stuff you could shoot. Oh, you would kind of like okay. move it toward different targets. Yeah. But if you played two player, uh, one person was driving and one person was shooting, and you could like do stuff like shoot the red light to turn it green, so you can like <laughs> go by quicker. Just like real life. There, there was some yeah, really exactly. interesting stuff in that game. I think yeah. it was kind of over... I mean, it wasn't a good game by any means. I have uh, two copies of the Starsky and Hutch soundtrack on vinyl, sealed. Baller. In case you want to become a DJ to someday and, you know, <laughs> use the best records possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, though, there was like... I was, I was thinking about this game, and I was like trying to compare it in my head, and I was like... 
I was like, I was thinking maybe it's the idea of like a game where different players do different things, right? right? Like maybe it's just like one guy's driving, even though the driving in that game was just balls. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> maybe it's like that kind of concept. And I was like, well, where, what other places have they applied it to? So is GTA five heist mode multiplayer, the spiritual successor to lucky and wild is the question. Like in a weird way. I mean, any game, you know, like, like, you know, you're kind of distributing roles. Like you could look at it really. I mean, if you remove it from the heist and, and driving and shooting specifically, then you'd kind of just get into any class based shooter, right? If you or, or, or any MOBA true. or anything, if you're playing your yeah. role, you're, you're, you know, you're being a support, you're driving, you're shooting, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I think you have some stuff like that. I always thought it would be like a good co-op thing. And, you know, like games like Brothers came along and, you know, this, this uh, what's the... Um, a Way Out? A Way Out uh, coming out. Okay. Yep. It seems like it's like a cool co-op sort of thing with players doing different stuff. Definitely. Uh, but I always thought it would be cool to do a co-op game where you got one guy real big and another guy real small. So it's like you're kind of throwing, you know, like almost you're doing like the fastball special. It's like throwing Wolverine around or something. Yeah. Um, but like you're throwing people over walls or they're, they're, they're squeezing through vents that the big guy can't get through to let the big guy in. And, you know, like little guy's you... got a knife, big guy's that got a bat. A cool exactly. Idea. Yeah. And, and, and like that type of, you know, co-op with diff- very, very different abilities uh, I always thought would be like a really cool idea. Yeah, I think that might be why like MMOs are just so popular, just because people like the idea of having a role. I think like it's yeah. just it's a lot of fun to like just like Lucky and Wild had that idea where it was like, well, you have two different roles. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun to play a role. Yeah, Lucky and Wild yeah. is the original MMO, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what we've got. Too. Yeah, that's, where we're at. that's the natural progression of all this. Alan, thanks so much for your call. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate yep. it. Thanks, Bye. Have a great day. Enjoy the drugs. Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. And it was like, it wasn't even, it was before the movie, I think. So it was like straight up based on the old I think you're show. right. Yeah. Yeah. Or was it? Yeah. It might have been time. Yeah. I got that at a, at a, like a big, uh, the Sonoma County Fair would have like big, days where they just open it up to vendors and you can go in and buy just shit that people had i think mm-hmm. i bought that for gamecube for like five bucks and that's a good price for that yeah had a really good that insanely good value on that one. they pushed that game pretty hard when they were putting it out really you know like gta was really big at the time oh, and, you know, and driver sure. and that sort of stuff and they were like we got a starsky and hutch game and you're like what who cares about starsky and like i i'm old enough to know what Scar- starsky and hutch was but i never watched it i was not old enough to actually have seen it so it's like a really weird really weird um but yeah they they were they sent us a lot of copies of that game and a lot of copies of the soundtrack on vinyl seals with record players if i remember correctly tiny battery powered record players so that we might be able to listen to it because this was before people were expect i read something today it said that one in four uh i think this was specifically people under a certain age um like one in four millennials bought vinyl at least like once a month or something like that and that record sales were were happening again and it's weird yeah it's not I, records are neat but i i wouldn't yeah. no I, I guess i guess they all come with downloads so you know like i have sealed records that i bought and then just redeemed the code and never opened like that last daft punk album oh yeah my, my mom worked for uh bill graham 
who was a concert promoter, uh, musician promoter, kind of all all purpose. Bill Graham, Bill Graham presents. Yeah. put on a whole lot of shows in this area. Yeah, a lot sure. of Grateful Dead shows, a lot yeah. of stuff like that. He was big with the Dead. Um, but she worked for him for eight years, like up until his death, and because of it, grew quite a. a, a hefty record collection including a lot of like really weird rare and weird stuff hmm. um like recordings and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and it, it, i would just like go home after school and pick a random one out and listen to it and there was t- tons of really good stuff in there but like just the fact that the sheer volume of all these records is like half a room right just filled with these huge things it's yeah like the, i have the, a, a relative that that had a like just records and this was in the 80s uh but records had basically overtaken his entire room yeah uh and it was it was cool you would go in there and be like this is really awesome sure glad i don't have to live here but this is really neat yeah um and i have a bunch of those records now and it's yeah it's weird um records are weird i want to maybe take one last question here uh, keep up with the chat because I didn't have another okay, call. Okay, right, I'll take up. I'll take one more here. Um, and it is. Let's see here. Oh, we're forgetting the best guest characters. Says Real Radic, Cole McGrath, and Box Art Mega Man in Street Fighter Cross oh, Tekken. That's right, Box Art, Box Mega, Art Man. Mega Man is really fucking great. That was probably one of the craziest reveals of, yeah. a, of a like Cause why because that's a dumb amazing thing to do yeah capcom man sometimes i mean also why is probably the creator of mega man was no longer with the company and someone thought it would be funny to spit on the legacy of mega man as a way to get back at that person for some they definitely like slight from years it, in all the trailers he was like a bumbling yeah. doofus and, and uh-huh hmm. i'm sure I don't know positively, but I'm guessing that there's bad blood behind that it's on some level. Yeah. Well, um, the whole everything involved with Street Fighter Cross Tekken was a mess. So. Yeah. I remember like when they announced that game, I was like, that sounds like the dumbest idea in the world. And I was at an event. I think it was in Las Vegas where Capcom was showing it off in a you know, playable form for the first time. And I remember finally getting my hand. This was when Seth Killian was still there. And, and I remember going like, this seems bad and he's like yeah just get your hands on and i played i was like oh actually this is surprisingly neat for what it is like these tekken characters still kind of play like tekken characters but in an interesting newfangled way yeah i don't know it, that game was not without merit yeah but uh, and they, they they addressed a lot of like they reworked it uh and made timeouts less of a thing but people just didn't care at that the, point the gem system microtransactions really sullied the early word on that game yep because there were just so many gems and st- it wasn't like Marvel oh, yeah, Infinite. Even, yeah even if you didn't have the if, even if you got all the dlc gems it was still like building the loadout just fucking sucked yeah in, in a tournament setting like yeah gonna- like, wait, this is ridiculous all right neo Hellbeast with our last question here what do you think microsoft's streaming service will actually be I bet it'll be like the Xbox Game Pass, but without the need to own hardware. You know, they'll just say like, "Hey, here's a here's a X number of dollars per month, and you get to play these games." And they cycle onto the service um, or off the service, depending on how the contracts work out. And they probably go that way. 
Um, over time, maybe that changes. I think, you know, the streaming stuff, I, as someone who has been playing games for a very long time and likes the feel of a very, like, snappy game. Yes. Um, like, that stuff always rubs me the wrong way when they even start talking about it. Like, when they started talking about on live back in the day and all that stuff, I was like, man, fuck this. This is, this is not what I'm after. But I also think that you could develop, like, if you were developing games with that platform or that spec in mind of like, hey, you know, we've got all this graphical power on the back end and we're streaming it out to people. So build in this type of latency and build your game around it. Like, like there are tons of games that it could work for, like Civ, for example. Exactly. Like, think of, exactly. I, I was like thinking of like turn-based or puzzle-based games, mm-hmm. like totally. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, you, you, you could come up with new ideas for games uh, or maybe even situations where you're like, hey, this is a traditional game, but also part of it is going to be streamed to you because it's going to look way crazier because we're rendering it on some back-end dumb thing. Or they start to make good on like the cloud physics of something like Crackdown 3, you know, original promise, but in but in a larger scale format or, or something like that where they merge, you know, local client side actual activity with something that's happening off-site. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of interesting ways it could go, and I think it, w- it will go that way. Because um, eventually they'll just make all games a service. Right? Woo! Yeah! Gas! I opened this loot crate, and two more games came out of they it. can't wait to get gassed by EA. Yeah, wait. They're just going to... Games as a service. Oh, okay. I thought that they were to cross the line. They were like, all right, we've had enough of you people talking bad about our games. Holding you down, farting on your head. <laughs> That's gonna do it for the show. Thanks everybody for listening, watching, living, loving, laughing, laughing, learning, learning, laughing and learning with Ben and Jeff. No, we already had another name. Bread in the middle. Bread in the middle. All right, you middle breaders, uh, stay tuned. We'll be back next week with more of that middle bread that everyone knows and loves. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye.